Welcome to another episode of the Corner Store. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Koval, and uh, my co-host Tara Mahadevan is not in studio right now. She is on the road digging uh, for some of the freshest shit that is out there. She's in the midst of travels right now. I want to say she's on the West Coast, but I don't know. She'd be moving around a lot. Uh, she will be back, and I'm excited to have her back in the studio. But tonight, uh, we have someone who I, I've known and have been a fan of uh, his work in the streets and in the studio in Chicago and around the country for for a long time. Someone who's really uh, put in a lot of work in the city and on behalf of the city, uh, someone who who is skilled and adept at transitioning between large street murals and sculptural elements in a studio space. Uh, I'm really excited that he's graced us with his presence inside the corner store as his phone uh, goes off. Cesar Perez is in the building. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming. Oh. That's a good. You have your own uh, theme music, which what is good. an introduction. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, bro. Thanks for being here. We have uh, we have we have for you. Um, you know, we have a, a few snacks out the corner store. Oh, man. Uh, we have some honest tea, uh, half tea and half lemonade. That's oh, the uh, organic Arnie Palmer for you. Um, we also have uh, for you, I, I'm, I'm very curious about the, I'm going to have uh, one of these bars too. This is uh, Mediterranean nutrition. I don't know what that, what that means exactly, but it's a savory bar with kale, pomegranate, quinoa, and almonds. Oh. Um, that was going to be wine and cigarettes. I hope you. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, if you have a sweet tooth, some planters, chocolate, peanut butter, brownie mix. Uh, I don't know what that means, but it looks kind of good. So, oh, sure. please enjoy. Uh, you know, if you want to share with Max or myself, oh, we we won't we won't oh, cry. Great. Um, They're up in their game. Planters. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. They're doing the, their thing now. They are doing their thing. Well. Thanks for being here, man. Thank uh, you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's, an it's honor. been a long you time know? coming, man. I, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to get you and the, oh, yeah, and the time too, was man. able to work out. Yeah, I was uh, going through all the podcasts. I was like, oh, my God, so many people do great interviews here, man. Yeah. We've got a lot to live up to. No, nah, you, you'll be good, man. We, we of course, I'm, I'm you know, I, I really, I'm I'll be somewhere giant. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Set the bar low. Um, Just to let you know. I'm, I, I know that also you, you do spend so much time in the studio, so it's great to see you yeah. outside of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to shower, shave. I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to be out in the public." You know, <laughs> you, you, you look great. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, part of part of what we we want to get to is, of course, your work, but also to understand the work where you come from. And so, want to go right. back to the beginning and and right. just yeah, where if you could tell us a little about where you come from. Um, well, I'm from here. Yeah, I'm from uh, Chicago, Chicagoland area. Um, grew up between uh, Maywood, Stone Park, and Logan Square. Um, my earliest memories were actually in Maywood and Mexico, where my mom is from. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of moving around when I was much younger. Uh, my parents, well, my mother on my mother's side, a lot of really blue collar, you know, folks. You know, my grandparents came here hardworking from the jump. My mom, the same way. You know, my mom's a saint, she's a wonderful human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. What does she do? Uh, my mom right now, she's actually works for, uh, O'Hare. She works with the airlines, you know, she's part of like, uh, she's with American airlines. So that's good for her. You know, she's been there for like, man, I don't know, 20 odd years now. Um, your grandparents came from Mexico here? Yeah. They came here from Veracruz. Uh, God knows when, um, yeah. And they, uh, they actually lived in Humble Park before I was born. Okay, and that's where my mom met my father. My father's uh, from Santiago, Cuba. Mm. 
Um, how did how did your folks meet? Uh, they just met, you know, like from uh, being around the neighborhood. They're both neighborhood kids, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, my dad, he uh, he was always, you know, on kind of other side of the law kind of guy, you know. Kind of grew up in a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but my mom was always like, you know, always hardworking, all about education, you know, making sure I wasn't getting into trouble, you know, things like that. Yeah. So you moved around a lot as a kid, though. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily moved, but because my father went away for a period of time when I was young. Mm -hmm. So I was going back and forth between my grandparents at Logan Square and then my grandparents in, you know, Stone Park. You know, and like that was a lot of the transition going back and forth, mm-hmm. you know. It's interesting because Chicago is so segregated mm-hmm. that a lot of young people don't have the ability to move around in oh. that way. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly like I would stay in the evenings in Logan Square with my mom, and then, but they didn't want me going through the Chicago public school system. So I, I went through a Catholic school. For most of my young life, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd say it, it did me well. You know, um, yeah. The like I said, my pops was you know he grew up hood. My uncles were the same way. Yeah. You know, so they didn't want me growing up that way. So they're like, okay, what's the best way to make sure he doesn't grow up? You know, like on the streets, Catholic school. Like that's that. what they yeah, determined. You know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it worked in a sense. You know, I, I became really rebellious by the time I was like twelve, thirteen. You know, and then started like that's when I got into graffiti, and that's how I was like, you know what? By the time I was like around that age, I'd already seen like a bunch of crazy shit. You know, like just from those areas, early '90s in Logan Square and Stone Park weren't like yeah, there were no fun. You well, know? Logan Square was very different then. Yeah, very uh, different. Yeah, you, you know, for for those who have recently moved to the neighborhood and yeah, go to the yeah, farmers exactly. market, what yeah, what, like, what, no, what can you tell us about it at that at that um, time? Well, a lot of it was, I mean, it was communal, but it was like, dude, there are times you just couldn't go outside. You know, I I wasn't allowed outside, and uh, for you know when i was like really really young till i was like 11 12 but um yeah man i have like stories for days about stuff that i saw as a kid out the window yeah you know and then uh just my cousins that i grew up with some of them end up gangbanging you know and that was one of the things that like kind of attested to the fact that i didn't grow up like that you know and how did did you avoid it i mean if because art 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 honestly art yeah, man, like, I avoided it by, like, uh, getting into art, and my my family kind of saw that, and they're like, oh, he's really into this, you know, hopefully he gets into that. And where did that interest arise from? Um, a combination of things. My my grandfather, they're, although they're blue-collar working class, they're also very much in the arts. They were into writing, you know, and stuff like that. My grandpa, he used to be big into, into writing and reading, and uh, I got into reading uh, because of him. Um but also, like, in, I have a lot of artists and painters in my family throughout the generations that they would, like, put me up on. And then uh, one thing I used to do when I was a kid, I remember, is, like, I used to draw out of the encyclopedias. So I would, like, read through the encyclopedias and draw out of them. And, like, I was actually more into, like, the really old kind of, like, um, the that biblical art that you would see, like, that kind of, like, uh, that 
pen graphite stuff, you know? Yeah. Like you'd see on the side of like world maps with like a sea dragon and some shit like that. You right. Know? That's the kind of stuff I actually really dug. It's interesting because I, you know, of late, I've seen you do work for the shit aquarium and yeah. also for Britannica, right? Uh, uh, we're uh, working on talking, something, okay. hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something's we, in the talks. We're getting up with them. Which is really, yeah, which is really fascinating. I know we're yeah. now jumping ahead, but that makes a lot of sense given yeah. given some of those origins. So, yeah, I, I, so, all right, so that must be an interesting time. You're. You're 12, 13 years old. Yeah. You're moving between these d- different neighborhoods mm-hmm. and you're beginning to be rebellious or is it graffiti that is making it? Uh, sorry for cutting you off. No, not at all. Um, I think it, a lot of it was like I'm coming into, you know, you're coming into your own around that age. You know, like um, I had uh, I had my mom's family. There were She was the oldest, so a lot of my uncles and my aunts were younger and they actually brought me up into like the new wave, you know, the post-punk stuff, you know, Cure, Depeche Mode, things like that. Um, so, like, 90, 91, I was going to Medusa's and... Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, Me Alcatraz too. and stuff, Me, yes. you know. Yeah. Like, so, uh, like, it was... You were... You were... You were I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 38 now. You're 38 now. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah, Medusa's, of course, all-ages club. Yeah, they're all all-ages clubs. Yeah. You know? And I used to think, I was like, oh, this is so cool. So cool. Yeah, so cool. None of the kids were doing this. Yeah. You know, and we were doing it like like all the time because I had the hip aunt and uncles. Right? Yes, right. They put you on. Yeah, and uh, that that was another thing. Like they were also like it, the way that stuff was growing up back in the day, back in the day. It wasn't like really how how it was in like nineties and two thousands, like where people from the hood were really aggressive with the gangbanging and stuff. But back in the day when I was growing up, a lot of them were just like they were just like neighborhood kids. You know, we used to throw house parties. You know, my, my uncles used to throw house parties in our basement, you know, which is part of the reason why I have tinnitus now, because, like, I would just, because uh, the, the speakers, speakers, yeah, yeah, man, as a kid. But it also got me into breakdancing and things like that. And the breakdancing got me into the doing the graffiti, oh. you know. I want to I want to hear about that trajectory, but in the early 90s, uh-huh. gangs were a lot more organized, Mm-hmm. And had more discipline because of the organization. They were yeah. they were you know actual. I mean, they're street organizations, right? Yeah. And then you know around that time, like eighty nine to like ninety three, yeah. Operation Headache and the the uh, the decentralizing of of gangs, the cutting off of generals and the heads of organizations, and yeah. Destabilizing, I should say, gangs, yeah. Made yeah. it wilder later on oh yeah which is like the same thing that's happening right now in the middle east if you think about it man they did the same thing to these people that that now there's isis because of the same situation that's right well that and that's why the you you know know, the fbi and the cia work with cpd and right of course they do you know they are they they set that up right that's yeah for real but Um, yeah but it was it was definitely you could see that transition too because because kids didn't have fathers in their homes you know like i grew up the same way but my family unit was like, well, you're going to be more constricted than if that's the case, you know, which was great in a sense. Because, like, growing up, yeah, it sucked. I was like, I wasn't, like, able to hang out outside with my cousins, you know, like, after a certain, you know, hour, you know. But then later on in life, you know, you realize, you know, you know, I have family members and stuff like that. They've been going to prison left and right. It's like. What you know is better. It was it was pretty. Thankfully, much better for me, yeah. Thankfully, you, know? you were kept inside in that yeah, regard. Yeah, for sure. So, you know. 
b-boying introduced you to graffiti how'd you get involved in b-boying at the house parties um i started off at the house parties and then um was like yeah 93 94 it was like that's when i started kicking back up again Mm -hmm. you know so then even when i was a kid i was always into it but i realized that like people stopped getting into breakdancing for a period of time and then when it started coming back again I was like, oh, yeah, man, this is, you know, finally it's, it's cool again to start breakdancing. So, you know, doing all, doing all that cool stuff, breakdancing, skateboarding. You were know, you in a crew? Transition. Really young? Uh, yeah, I don't remember what our names were. I totally forgot about that. I was like, uh, my first graffiti crew was UAC. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was my first crew. I, or not UAC. Was it? No, it's. Because uh, UAC is still. UAC. No, no, that, no that, that's when I was. Not, I'm sorry. Pardon me. My bad. It's okay. It was, yeah, run uh, it back because I'm, I'm I'm super curious about no, I was, your, your. I know that you've had a big impact in the yeah. history of Chicago graffiti, so please oh, take your time. Oh, it was. Uh, sorry, my bad. SUA UAC. Like when, if you go into the early 2000s, I hung out with some of those guys, but from tattooing, mm. you know, because that's when I started getting. That's when I was really focusing in on what art I wanted, you know, because since I was a kid, I've known that I wanted to do art. I just didn't know what avenue or focus I wanted to do, you know. Um, for a while, I wanted to get into animation. For a while, I wanted to get into, you know, like uh, animatronics. I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Dark Crystal. I saw Dark Crystal, and I was like, oh, I want to do that stuff. Mm. But then by the time I was able to actually get into doing something like it, that's dying down, you know, 3D graphics, computer graphics, that's the way of the future now. Right. So it kind of killed my, you know, my dreams in that sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, so, but take us back to how, 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 I mean, if you got introduced to graffiti around what, what year? 92, 93. Yeah, I was like 12, 13. And I saw it because uh, the kids I started hanging out with that were into breakdancing, uh, one of them, this kid, Whiskey, uh, he started doing like all the graph letters and then he would like we would like look at the old old school like uh the flyers and stuff like that that like the aerosol guys used to do yeah you know like solo and them used to do and we used to actually copy those when we were kids nice you know which is funny because then you know end up meeting that guy later on you know right it's funny um but yeah man that was the thing breakdancing really got me into it and then when i realized that like Oh, graffiti was what I really liked. That's why I started really focusing in on, you know. And then and that's uh, an interesting time in in Chicago yeah. graffiti history, in part because they put the ban on spray paint. They yeah. put the buff into play. Yeah. So right around that time, during that time, I'm growing up at Stone Park. I'm growing up right outside of Chicago, right. and I live right next to a Menards. You know, I live right next to Union Pacific train station. You know the 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 yards right yes, there. If, yes. you, if you you know anybody that paints graph knows, you know the Lake Street Mannheim yards. You know it's right by there. Um, so that's where we used to go paint when we were right. when in our youth, and we used to do a lot of crazy shit down there, not just paint. You know? Right, of course. Oh man, it's and, good times. And what did you what did you start to write out the gates? Uh, God, I don't even remember that either. I think it was like Baffle. Yeah, B A F L. Okay, remember Baffle. And then by the time it was like maybe 96, I started writing Jab, J-A-B. Um, for a while, I stuck with that. 
And then I was transitioning on and off from graph, you know, trying to get into like, you know, getting tattooing, getting into illustration. Uh, by 2001, when I had left the academy, I, I actually moved out to Florence, Italy. You know, I was... When you say I, you left the academy, what... American Academy of Art? Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the art school. Yeah. So by 2001, I got into there in 98, 2001, I was like, man, I'm I'm leaving Chicago, you know? Went out there for a summer and, uh, you know, learned so much, experienced a lot within a small amount of time. What what, what brought you to Italy? Uh, I just wanted to learn how to draw better, you know? And it was like, you know, I, this is, you know, it's Italy, you know? I've always wanted to go to Europe and stuff. I had been to Europe actually a couple times in my youth because um, my my mom, again, worked for the airline, so we were able to fly to different places, oh, right. you know? So that you know that was always a that was that was one thing that I think really helped change my views on the things is being able to travel, and that's why I try to tell people too is like you know take your kids somewhere, especially if you live in like a crazy ass area. You know, show them that like hey, you don't have to do this, you don't have to be here. You know, like just smarten up and get out. You know, you don't have to be stuck under this because it's a thing, man. Like. I don't think a lot of people understand either, man, that, like, you know, certain blocks, you you don't get, like, to choose whether or not you want to be involved. It's You're just there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, by association, by yeah, proximity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's the way everything else views you, you know, in that sense. That's right. So so traveling, even as a young person, was important to you. How, yeah. how, how did you, I mean, even to go from graffiti to then choosing to go to art school is a significant jump that a lot of writers don't necessarily take yeah so for you how did you how did how did you go from writing in the yards at lake and manheim to yeah. then even going to the academy of art um for me graph was uh, like it was a part of my upbringing in the arts it was never a thing that started off my art right you know i was into art since i was way before into graph you know, and I was like, even like way after I stopped doing whatever, you know, I'm always going to be involved in the arts, you know, and that's always my mentality. It's like, this is who I am. And I never consider myself like this graffiti writer. I always consider myself like as a artist that did graft, that painted trains and stuff like that. And, you know, that's the way I pretty much viewed myself, you know, because yeah. I was always more into like the illustrative aspect of art. You know, a lot which is of also a part of graffiti, but yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, of course. I mean, there's there's this mentality in graph, and it, this is like I found in all sorts of art. There's a very purist way of yeah. being, even in the Florentine, you know, academia. They're very much if it's not what we do, then it's not art. There can be a conservatism you know? even in yeah. a radical art form, right? Even exactly. in the progressive, you know, so-called progressive. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, anyone can be rigid. Right. Or exactly. reactionary. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's why, like, I applaud, like, a lot of the European guys didn't have that same mentality. Like, they're, you know, they'll do what they want to do. Right. You know, that's one thing that gravitated me more towards that kind of style. So who, you know? to, to, yeah, to move towards, towards art school, mm -hmm. who were some of the, who were some of the artists, graffiti writers included or not, uh -huh. that had influenced you as an artist in, in that time? Um, early on. I would have to say it would be like, you know, uh, 
if you were going to get into like the whole graph thing, when I was growing up, I really didn't see too many like graph heroes other than like, you know, there was, you know, Chris Silva to me when I first yeah. seen Chris Silva stuff. It was amazing. To me, he was great because he was the transition I wanted to make. Right. You know, he was like, oh, he was a graph guy that's doing art, you know, uh, same thing with Casper James. Yeah. You know, like he was a graph guy that did his thing and he went into art and now they're doing that yeah you know well in that in that generation yeah you know and they're they're a little older than you yeah um yeah they did make that transition yeah in in really brilliant ways uh james and young Chris and early on man design yeah mike dude. genovese cody hudson like a lot yeah. of the folks who are putting in work on the street in a variety of capacities oh, yeah. you Struggling. know yeah 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 right Right. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, all those dudes were like to me growing up. Even Antic, and Antic's not that much older than me, but I was like, man, Antic's like, you know, he's the man. Right. And then there was like, a, there's, there's always like a series of people that you're looking up to as you're growing up. I was a big, actually, my probably the biggest ones would probably have to be Rafa and Raven, you know. And then when I met Slang in '98, yeah. he like shot up there for me. I met him at Startoon Studio. When he was working on Animaniacs. Wow. Hysteria. Hysteria? Yeah, Hysteria. I think that was called. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, these, I mean, and those are the names that I think you, oh, you, know, yeah, and, those, and, 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 you know, throw Trickster in there. Yeah. And, and oh, maybe yeah, a few yeah, others, yeah, but those, sure. yeah, that yeah. is a, a like a, a pioneering generation of Chicago style. Definitely. Yeah. yeah Trickster, you know, Zor, like there's a yep. like heavy array of people coming up. Um. But when I was a kid growing up, because, again, we were, like, again, we were poor. You know, we were poor people. You know, I couldn't afford comic books and stuff like that. So I would look at, um, st- again, stuff out of the encyclopedia, stuff, whatever, that I can see and get into like that. In your home? There was an encyclopedia yeah. in your so home? Yeah, so I was actually into Impressionism. Yeah. Uh, you know, Degas, you know, and, like, Manning, Monet, yeah. you know. And I was like, man, this is kind of like the – like the way I really like to paint, you know, because it's like this is gesture, yeah. you know, it's not something that's super clean, you know, and you can tell that like it's at a moment in time, you know, and that's what I like about art. Yeah. You know, it's like when you can capture something and you can get a feeling of something and you're basically you wrote a novel, but then compressed it into something visual and then you can see something happening within that, you know, piece. That's beautiful, and you see that in your work. You see the the uh, influence of impressionism in your work. Yeah, man. In part because of uh, you, you know there isn't a a sometimes in your work there isn't. I mean, you play with line, yeah, and you also obscure the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I uh, I never liked art that was super clean. You know, I was like, it's great, and I'm you know it's great that some people can. It's great, and it's great that people can do it. Um, for me, it's like you might as well be a camera, you know? Um, so there, I was always like really gravitated towards people and illustrators that were a lot messier, you know, Jim Mahfoud. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Jim Mahfoud, that guy's incredible. Yeah. That guy in seconds can do things that other people, you can paint a beautiful painting all you want, but it doesn't have that feeling, right. you know? Then there's like uh, Ashley Wood, who to me is one of the most incredible artists. But then you get like really clean, precise people like uh, Alex Ross, you know, who also came from the Academy and very, you know, beautiful, elegant paintings and stuff. But still you can see that marking in it, you know? Yeah. 
were you tired of the formal academic setting? Is that part of the reason why you left? You were tired of Chicago? I, uh, I think, well, the reason why I left the first time when I, when I left uh, the academy to Italy was basically to go to Italy to learn how to paint in this structured style. Um, I only spent the summer out there because I got really homesick, you know, and like you don't realize that until like, and you're 21, you know, you're you're in a city where for the for the whole summer, you're just partying and then going to school. And then when all of that shuts down and then you're just in you're, you feel lonely. Yeah. You're like basically in Florence, you're in a you're in a museum that's locked up and no one else is around you and they can't speak the same language as you. You know, so like it was hard. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I got to go back home. That's also how you know Chicago really lives inside of you. I, yeah. I, I feel like if I'm gone from the city yeah, for two but, weeks, I start to really like itch for yeah, it. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can do it a little longer than two weeks. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I actually, last time I was out there in Italy, I when I got back to Chicago, I, I got hit with a little bit of the depression, mm. you know, because like I'm here all the time, but when you're out there, you're in nature. You know, like it's just it's just nature. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I like miss, and that's why I kind of like I don't I uh, I like my body isn't used to nature. You know, I get sick immediately. You know, like my my uh, what's called my allergies start kicking up. Yeah, right. But I go through it, and then once you're done, you know, you're in love with it. You know, you know, don't want to leave, but you know, you got to come back to reality. Yeah. Well, so I want to I want to talk a little about about your studio and your studio space and, okay, and yeah, Ava sure. Gray. Yep, Ava Gray. Ava Gray. Um, when when did this come together? The, the the creation of this of this space. Ava Gray started about six seven years ago. It was a group of us. Um, it was Nick Laysbrook and myself, along with Vito Grabaskis and uh, David Acevedo and a few other cats. Um, we started off in a garage. It was in uh, Nick's garage. And it was one of those things that we were a collective at first. And I myself was trying to figure out, do I want to be in a collective? Do I want to, you know, because I was already doing my own thing, you know, and so was everyone else. Everyone else is, you know, Des, he's doing his own thing. And, you know, Hex, he's, you know, obviously yeah. getting up like crazy. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things where I was like, I don't necessarily want to be in a collective, but I want to have something that I know that will be sustainable and that I know that uh, we can start a, like a culture with, you know. So Nick and I really were like, you know what, we were the ones that are really just uh, know that we have to focus on this, you know, and all the other guys, they, they're taking as a collective and, you know, they're doing their, they're doing their, their work, you know, on the side. So it was pretty much one of those deals that like, all right, we, we can just, you know, split up and then we continued on as Ava Gray, you know, started working in commercial work. And it's, it all started really like low ball at first, you know, one of the first things we did was, uh, we did interiors for fame, which the interior for the fame restaurant, which was like right next to fat poor at that point in time. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, Doing wall details, we were ha- we hung a fifteen thousand dollar Banksy print. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Wow. I was yeah. like, "This is a print, and it's fifteen k." Right at this point in time, I don't even know if I'm making fifteen k a year doing my own art. Right, you know, this guy is just selling prints left and right. You know, like for insane amount. 
But, um, <coughs> you know, so it started off really small. But in part, like it that. started off as a way to make a business, to make, make, right. yeah. Right, to facilitate this, this, uh, you know, pretty much artwork for different clients. Yeah. While not having to, um, I'm going to say, mesh it with my own art, you know? But at the same time, Nick and I doing the collaborative thing, doing like the more like the skateboard sculpture stuff. Yeah. You know, Which that's something that. Uh, yeah. Those pieces are beautiful. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Sculptural yeah. elements. I mean, it, it's, and you, you know, we'll give your, your socials at the end and people oh, yeah, can see these sure. and, and buy these. But, yeah. you know, basically <laughs> you guys create, you know, 3D sculptures mm-hmm. out of used and found materials. Yeah. Uh, uh, sometimes they look like flowers. Sometimes they oh, look. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's uh we try to actually go with materials that have relevance to like uh culture. So that's why we use spray paint, that's why we use, you know, records, that's why we use uh the skateboards, you know, the sub American subcultures. You know, things that like American kids grew up doing, nice. you know. Um we wanna eventually evolve to larger things, like we wanna do like stuff with motorcycle parts and things, you know. I think that uh, the more we evolve and the more we come to realize how much, you know, there is actually out there aside from the very, the very things that we directly connect with. And it's cool because people see our sculptures and they won't know that they're made out of skateboards. You know, they won't know. They'll be like, oh, these are each hand painted. Like, no, they're skateboards. They're decks. And then it piques their interest even more, you know? Yeah. So that's the that's the nice thing about it. It's like it almost kicks up this nostalgia for a lot of people, right? You know. So you you mentioned something that I'm curious about. You said it's it's there's the work of Ava Gray, and then mm-hmm. there's your work as an yeah. artist. Do you still have that kind of splitness in with? Yeah, within you, you do. Okay. Yeah, we do, and that's why I like the skateboard sculpture stuff. Uh, we usually that's a lot of the Ava Gray stuff. Okay. My own stuff is the large scale murals, the paintings, and then the the. The laser cut acrylic stuff, mm-hmm. the, the plexiglass work. Right. So, what are I mean? You've had, uh, you've had shows around around the city. You've had shows around the country. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the highlights for you as an individual artist? Some of the places that you've been able to paint or show or share your work. Um, Italy and Germany. Like I did a solo show in Carrara, which is like, you know, historically. Carrara, Italy, like if anybody knows, anyone that's into sculpture knows exactly what that is, you know, and like, so, and I got to stay out there for like a month and a half, just like painting all over the place, painting in quarries, you know, hanging out with people doing, you know, I was on the news and all that stuff. It was great, you know, so, and then in Germany, we were like just touring around with me and a bunch of my friends from out there and just painting in different places out there in Mainz, Wiesbaden. Uh, we were in Berlin painting at the Trifelsberg, Um just in, in, in just various areas, man. That's what I liked about Europe, too. It's, like, so cool and so loose, you know. Like, nobody cares really too much what you're doing. You know, you're not damaging anything, you know. It's really – the mentality yeah, out there is much it, – it's much easier. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and it's not – I mean, graffiti and, <clears throat> is criminalized, but – right. It's also understood mm-hmm. as part of the space of 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 what urban space can and should be. Yeah. So when I was out there in 2001, I didn't see that much graffiti. And I would take the Eurostar back and forth. I saw, I, I mean, I saw graph, but it was, 
the uh, the socialist graph, you know, anarchist graph, and they were like everywhere. And that was that's another thing that I liked about that is that it kind of opened my eyes to the reality of things. You think out here anarchists or anarchy, they're blowing shit up, and it's like that's not that's not it at all. They're they're all those people, you know. But there are a lot of intellectuals, a lot of people that are just fighting the system, you know. People that are learning to live together in a in like this like social environment, having these like grand dinners and like these events with one another. One thing that in in Germany at the Trufelsberg. Uh, there was a pop-up mural fest, and it turned out that it was completely illegal. But they were playing it off like it was told, like they had the paperwork and everything, you know. So, like, did you did you get down in that festival? Oh yeah, yeah, totally got down. And then the cops came, and they were just like, eh, "Whatever, man, whatever. We're going back down to <laughs> we're going back to the city." Right. They just didn't care. They're not like out here. Well, of course, you have work all over the city now, um, and, and, and and more and more. Um, where where are some of the places people can see your work in the city? And then I, I'm curious about shows. You I know you just got done with a show. You know yeah. shows that might be coming up in the future too. We had a group show at Vertical, right? Um, that we were at. Yeah, how was that? Oh, I, was I love great, I love Vertical Gallery. Oh Patrick yeah, Patrick's and, yeah, great, it's incredible. Man. Yeah, that place is so awesome. Yeah, and like for us, it was like a big deal being that it's like. To me, it's the most premier, like, pop street art yes. gallery, you know, top five for sure in the Midwest to me, you know. Easy. Um, yeah. So, to me, it was, like, a good stepping stone for what it is that we're doing for our own careers. And, um, you know, it's just, like, a blessing we got to do that with Patrick. Uh, next thing I'm actually doing, we start Saturday. Um, I'm painting a piece for this place called Bishop's out in LaGrange. And and it's a it's this barber shop slash uh, beauty salon, and they have one in Wicker Park and stuff. The cool thing about this was that it was vetted by Juxtapose, so Juxtapose hit me up out yeah. of nowhere, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we you know vetted you for this job. We want to know if you want to take it." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! I want to take that job. It was through you guys for sure, you know." Yeah. So that was That's like really a, dope. Congrats. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. That was a cool thing. Um, next, next few things coming up is basically a lot of traveling, you know, getting proposals out, you know, trying to get this mural work going, right. um, working on shows coming up, you know, uh, as far as solidified shows, there's nothing like in concrete. Um, but I, there's always things popping up, you know, we're, we're at an interesting moment. It seems where so much of, you know, the, the tide is turned where street graffiti art mm-hmm. have become you know part of uh, capitalist vernacular it's, it's oh yeah um so how as an artist do you negotiate that how do you stay true to who you are how do you uh work with a client and what their needs are even if their needs yeah. might be you know ill-informed or corny or right you right know, right how, yeah we let people know, man. I'll, I'll let people know straight up because if I don't feel like doing a job, and I know if Nick feels the same way, we're not going to just go ahead and do it. You know, um, that's the nice thing about Ava Gray is that I, as Cesar Perez, don't have to worry about is this going to affect my own art? You know, is this going to do something for myself? Because, like, it's a, it's a client-based thing, and we also work with other artists, that, you know, when we're doing this. You know, it's not necessarily 100% always my own work. Right. You know, I, I have a lot of direction and lead in it, but I also want to make sure that the client's happy in that sense. But when it comes to our own work, 
you know, like if we're going to be featured on anything, we, we're very much like, okay, we don't do anything corny. We're not going to have branding all over the place, you know, and we really do talk to the clients and be like, listen, you really want this? This stuff people, they don't like, they don't dig it, you know? So we try to be real with them. Right. You know? Where where do you seek inspiration now? Who are some of the where are some of the spaces? Who are some of the artists, uh, peers, homies, whoever yeah. that you are also kind of you know continued to be in, inspired by? Man, I like it's a variety of things. Um, honestly, like music has always been a big inspiration for me. Um, as far as the arts, and you could please music name yeah. names, please. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I'm still stuck into like early two thousands myself, like. Most of the time, if I'm playing anything at the studio, it would be like, you know, Mars Volta, stuff like that, you know, something that just like, if you look at my work, it's it, people tell me like, oh, you could tell you listen to these guys, you know, because it's like all this chaos, but at the same time, it's like this really weird intricacies, and they're, it's a little dark, you know, and um, that's I, one thing I always thought about my work is that like, I don't like to make things like super positive because that's not life. You know, life is a roller coaster, you know, so there's no way you can always be the super positive person, you know, and there's beauty in that kind of in a little bit of depression, you know, because it kind of like makes you solemn and uh, not humiliates, but it humbles you. Yeah. You know, it humbles a person yeah. in a sense. Yeah, it's you know? not just blue sky. You know? Yeah, man. You know, and uh, as far as like people that are inspiring me right now, um, I'd have to say music and film is mostly what's been hitting me uh i've been getting back into watching like anime you know and like watching some of the some of the uh older stuff that i was into some of the new stuff i'm trying to transition into is like taking stuff that i grew up on like the manga and the comic book stuff and then transitioning it into my art because um, for a while i myself had kind of like a weird this weirdness with pop art you know um, I also realize that it's almost like a necessity because it brings in that familiarity, you know, that people have with the work. Yeah. You know, you could do something beautiful and elaborate, but if it doesn't make somebody feel anything, then it's just, it's just a beautiful thing, you know? Um, yeah, people like narrative, so, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And uh, that's why I'm trying to, like, make my work be a little bit more like that, you know? That's one thing I appreciated about the classic Renaissance art as well as that was, like, you can look at a painting and then there's a whole narrative behind it, you know, like you, there, especially in uh, the old like Catholic paintings, you know, there's all the symbolism all over the place, which is a lot of the reason why I do a lot of the birds and the snakes. Right. There's a lot yeah, of symbolism. Where, yeah, where, yeah, where do those come? Because those, those figure prominently into your work. Yeah. A lot of that, man, the symbolism from that for me comes from like just traditions of things. So I like uh I grew up again like a Latino household Cuban and from Veracruz and but people from Veracruz they're not like you know like uh, everywhere else in Mexico they call us jarochos which means that uh we're a mix we're a mix of Spaniards, Africans and the natives from there. Um and a lot of uh the stuff that I grew up with was adapted, you know, from religion and things like that. So I got to see a lot of crazy stuff in, in that sense as well. A lot of uh, spiritual kind of things, you know? So what I mean by that is like, um, like you know what botanica is, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay, have you ever been to the back of a botanica? Yeah. 
okay, you've been to the back of a botanica. Have you ever seen what happens in the back of a botanica? No. Like there's very like ritualistic kind of things. Right. You know, so there's a lot of like this. Cause it's mixed with, it's like. Santeria. Yeah, because you know? Catholicism, when it colonized, mm-hmm. the, folks used the saints as a mask. They would stand-ins exactly. for traditional figures in yeah, exactly. indigenous spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, yeah. I mean, pretty much how you said, like it's a, like this marriage between the two cultures. Same yeah. thing that that uh, the Romans did, you know, with uh, Constantine. Yeah, you know, he just married, you know, Christianity with the Roman, you know, religion and started Catholicism. Or, or you know, voodoo and uh, you know, that's exactly yeah, what it was. It yeah. was voodoo married into Catholicism in the islands that originated yeah. from Africa. Then it went Haiti. to Haiti yeah. and Jamaica and to the you know Puerto Rico and, and to like, New Orleans, yeah, to <laughs> yeah. to all those areas. So a lot of the symbolism that I have with animals comes from that. It comes from a lot of like things that have happened in nature and things that like every culture has this symbol of snakes and symbol of birds. You know, like there's always something like closely related to that and. That so, and it's always has to do with something with intelligence and longevity in life. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's dark or it's not dark, it's always something that people would see and then be like, "Oh, the the snakes represent you know eternal life." The, you know, the the staff, the yeah yeah the medical staff has the two snakes. Yeah, and then like crows, I paint a lot of crows because they're in, like incredibly intelligent animals. You know, and that's one thing that used to always impress me how smart that they were. You know, and they're like, to me, they're beautiful, you know, uh, and the symbolism behind that is like, they're people are like, oh, they're dark, they're bad omen and stuff like that. But like, dude, they're animals. Right. You know? Yeah. And it, that's good. It seems like also tinged with racism, right? To think that. Right. Quote, yeah. Right. Which is funny because one of the things I was always kind of wanted to do was a series of pieces that took imagery growing up in like cartoons like dumbo you ever seen dumbo yeah those racist ass crows yes you know i wanted to do like a series of those like those animals that were depicted as that but then like in a more kind of realistic kind of form wow yeah not like or doing like a speedy gonzalez thing that should do that wait you haven't done that no this is these are all concepts and ideas that i'm developing man amazing no, yeah, for sure. This is stuff that like I plan on doing. Beautiful. I have to be really weary about it because I'm trying to make sure that that transition can hit without people being like, "Oh, that's that's a negative off the bat." But in order, like that's what that's a nice thing about art is that you can pull out the negatives without having someone feel like it's a negative thing. You know, like comedy. I feel comedy yeah. is the same way. Yeah. Same thing with like you know like acting. Yeah. You know like you can do a period piece with a white actor, have him be the biggest piece of crap in that movie, but you understand that where that is happening, where he's coming from. Yeah. You know? Well, like you're saying, I mean, like you're saying is that art isn't only meant to be beautiful. Art is also meant to make people uncomfortable, to disturb what might, we might consider to be normal. And I mean, there is there. Yeah. When you see your work, um, there is a sense where you have to pause and, and kind of, yeah. Consider maybe some things that people don't often want to consider. Right. Which seems essential. Exactly. You know? And I, I like to think of my work as a little more adult, yeah. you know, than than usual. You know, I, I know a lot of people are, are into like the really, you know, poppy, you know, positive kind of stuff, which is great. You know, like props for all that. You know, I myself am not that guy, you know, so I can't 
you know, I got to keep it real, you know, so you got to like be speaking on what it is that, you know, it's always on your head, you know, it's on your mind, what it is that you see, you know, and like I live in Pilsen, you know, if you know like what's going on in Pilsen, there's like huge gentrification things, you know, and there's a lot of people that are like, you know, fighting it and there's a lot of people that are welcoming it, you know, and for myself, it's like you have to know how to make that transition, you know, while explaining your story to both sides. Mm. Yeah, man. Where where can people find you on the internet? Where where can they find the work? Uh, both you personally and also. Oh, um, my own work is www.czr-prz.com, and then we have www.ava-grey.com. Same thing with the Instagrams. Um, actually, my Instagram is uh, no vowels n o underscore v w l z. Um, Where does I, that come from, by the way? Just C Z R P R Z. Oh yeah, right. No vowels. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was just trying to be clever, you know. And I realized, like, oh, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that, <laughs> you know. People are like, "Oh, I can't find you." I was like, "Well, it's no vowels." And you're like, "Oh, okay, now I found you." Know, right, right, right. it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's what you get for being a smartass. Yeah, yeah, you know, it happens. Like, <laughs> well, yo, man, this is I, I really, really appreciate the conversation. Oh, for sure, man. And, Thank uh, you. Appreciate yeah, it. Grateful for you to be here. Awesome. And, uh, look forward to continuing to see your work individually and collectively evolve. And awesome, uh, it always it's always very exciting to see like your shit in the streets, and then to see yeah. your shit in the gallery and online, yeah. and just <laughs> continued success. And uh, look forward to all of it, man. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Hey, you guys, are the best. Thanks. Yo, we want to thank DJ Exist for the beat. Langston Olsen for the art. Big ups, Todd Manley at WGN Radio. And Max and Dami, the corner store interns. Salutes to our super producer, DJ Cash Era. You can keep in tune with the corner store at cornerstore underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Also, you can stream and download the corner store wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and subscribe and comment on iTunes. Please, y'all, consider giving us those five stars. Thank you for listening. We're going to see you next week. The Corner Store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.